Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim podcast, episode 23. This is the podcast where we take a dive into design and technology and where they meet, plus other little tidbits that I find interesting. This is uh, actually being recorded on Tuesday, June 26th, but it will be released on Thursday, June 28th, 2018. Uh, visit pixelswim.com for all the show notes and the so- social links. Uh, my name is Steve Heinrich. I'm the host per usual. And usually uh, I say that I'm by myself because <laughs> most of the time I am. There's only been two other episodes where I haven't been. But this week I actually have on a guest. Uh, his name is Noah Lambert. And he, uh, Noah, how are you doing? <laughs> Good. How are you, Good, Steve? Noah, th- great. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. So if you could just... Uh, uh, roughly let us know how old you are, what you do for a living, and kind of where you are in the world. Sure. Uh, uh, I am 35, just turned, uh, recently unemployed, which sounds a little scary, but I'm sort of uh, making a change, um, and I'm here in Chicago. All right, great. Yeah, so not too far away. Uh, I do know Noah IRL in real life. <laughs> so um, I appreciate Noah coming on. So we've had conversations in the past, uh, good tech conversations and design stuff, you know, tech and design. So I thought I'd have Noah on. So we'll go into a little bit more with Noah in a little bit. But I also uh, right now, like I usually do, I go over a few weekly notes and feedback, uh, especially after the last episode. So I just wanted to uh, thank Tom Stewart, uh, who is going to be a guest again, I think in July sometime, uh, for his feedback on Google+. We kind of talked a little bit uh, in the conversation thread about tech and, and in-car setups uh, in, in the car, which we'll actually get to with Noah a little bit in a little bit. Uh, but uh, thanks, Tom, for reaching out after that episode. And thank you to Franco on Twitter, who uh, reached out with his favorite YouTube reviewers because last week I went over uh, some of mine, uh, at phone reviewers specifically, uh, phone and tech. And so, yeah, thanks, Franco, for reaching out. He uh, gave me a few good options to look up as well. So, And also this week, I sold my Moto E4, my E4 Plus, uh, and my LG Q6. So it was a clearance sale at the Pixel Swim headquarters. <laughs> and, everything uh, must go. Yeah, everything must go. Absolutely. <laughs> there were three devices went uh, pretty quickly too. Thanks, Swappa. And so uh, with the proceeds from that, I actually decided to get a phone that I've looked at in the past, and that is the Moto X4. I posted about this a little bit on Twitter. Uh, and so I have uh, been enjoying the phone so far. So I've had it for uh, just about four days, four or five days. And uh, I want to do kind of a full review of it, I think, next week on the podcast and kind of go over, you know, I don't want to get too much into specs, but just my experience with it. It's a Moto device. I love Moto devices. So, uh, Noah, you actually had uh, kind of a couple questions about the Moto X4. So what were you uh, wondering about it? I do. Uh, just looking into it briefly this morning, Um it looks like a very capable device. Uh, my question would be, it has a, you know, a, a large dual camera uh, sort of housing on the back. Are you able to, or do you have it in a case that allows it to sit flat? Or is that, uh, maybe you don't have a case on it? Yeah, I well, at the same time that I bought it, because I bought it locally at our Best Buy. Uh, it was on sale. So okay. uh, I found also locally at Target that there was an Incipio case that they had for it. So I did. <laughs> There's no way I could I would um, want to use this without a case because it is glass front and back. So it's super slippery. Oh, but, sure. Um, yeah, the case actually 
is pretty much just above the camera hump. So it does lay flat <laughs> it lays flat on the table, thankfully, because oh, otherwise it'd be smashing the camera into the table every time, you know, you set it down. But yeah, the case kind of solves that and I actually have another case coming for it. Uh, Spigen case. I don't know if you've heard of Spigen or not, but so yeah, it's got the uh, it's a nice rugged TPU case. It's got uh, it's matte black and has a like a carbon fiber finish on the top and the bottom. It's a nice little case. So I'm um, looking forward to to getting that in. But now did you uh, I I'm going to reveal my ignorance a little bit here. The that phone is compatible with the Google Fi uh, service. Is that right? Uh, I believe it is. The one that I got is there's a, there's a few different versions. I think of the X4, the one that I got is just the, uh, Motorola factory unlocked direct from Motorola version. Uh, I think there's an Android oh. Android one version that they call it. And that's the one I think they're selling with Fi, like on Google Fi's website. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that one, okay. I, I don't know. I think this might work with Google Fi. I'm not a hundred percent sure though um not <laughs> not that i'll be switching to google fi uh but i would be curious to know. sure you've got your you've got your wireless situation all figured out yeah um, yeah i from from previous podcasts I've, I've i've heard a lot about that yeah with mint sim and all that so uh sure it could be potentially <laughs> it might work but I, I can't say for sure right now but uh there is like but I, I am said, correct in go ahead i'm sorry i am correct in in understanding that uh, the project Phi is li- is like severely limited to certain devices. Is that right? I believe so. I believe it is. Um, okay. And, and I, I, as far as I know, uh, the devices they list on their website, uh, and then some old devices that I don't think are on there anymore still work. But okay, I, yeah, I do believe that there are cer- only certain devices you can use on there. Uh, so I don't. Th- and now saying that, I don't think that this one would actually work because it's not the the Android one version, but. If anybody out I there, <laughs> I'm sure somebody, uh, if, if somebody, anybody can correct that, that'd be great. So, uh, yeah, uh, that, that, that was pretty much my week. I mean, it's a big purchase for me. I, I don't usually, uh, I'm, I'm usually hovering down way in the, the lower budget range. And uh, this Moto X4 is, you know, it's kind of solidly in the mid to upper, upper, well, not upper, mid range phone. And so uh, it's got, you know, it's got a little bit better processor and better screen and and, and different things like that. So uh, it was a nice, you know, it's kind of a treat yourself <laughs> kind of moment. So, uh, but, you know, I sold three devices to get it. So that's kind of tells you the, the, the value of the devices that I had uh, before I bought this one. So hopefully this will be nice to use. I'm just uh, especially looking forward to it because it has the wide angle camera on the back, which is a really uh, interesting and kind of nice feature to have. So, all right, so we can go and start to dive into our guest, Noah Lambert, a little bit. Uh, you mentioned you're in Chicago and you're, uh, kind of transitioning as far as your career goes, but so I'll just kind of go back and and ask a few questions here just, uh, to get, uh, to know you a little bit from my perspective and from everybody's perspective, because, uh, I don't think you've, you said you've been on, uh, a guest on another podcast in the past, but I'm sure that was a while ago. It was kind of, you know, slightly unrelated, but uh, we'll go over some questions. And so I'll just start with what did you go to school for, like college, university, uh, that kind of thing? Uh, yeah. So I went to uh, Southern Illinois University uh, studying product design, uh, industrial design. And uh, I've sort of uh, 
been tangentially related to the design world ever since. Okay. Yeah, great. So, and and just a disclaimer, <laughs> I didn't necessarily uh, bring you on here because uh, you're a foam person. Like a lot of, I've had my past guests, uh, disclaimer for the audience is that Noah's not necessarily like as much into phones as, as I am, I would say, then the phone aspect, Techno- technology, definitely. And so, and the other big thing too, which we'll find out in a sec, is I uh, brought Noah on because he's a big uh, Apple guy. And so, uh, I haven't <laughs> had anybody on that has been in the Apple world, but, uh, yeah, so that's where you went to school, uh, and, and you talk about industrial design and stuff like that. So what kind of design philosophy or kind of style do you kind of lean towards or, or go for when you do uh, product design or industrial design or that kind of stuff? Well, I, w- I would say that my tastes definitely lean towards, uh, modernism, minimalism, um, but the thing is, like the design process is is very messy and very um, not clean and considered mm. and uh, thoughtful. Uh, that's sort of the goal you want to end up with. But the the way to get there is is often the opposite of uh, what you want, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah. So I would say that. Yeah. So I would say that. Uh, you know, I like to call myself a minimalist, but I'm also completely obsessed with products and stuff. And, you know, with that comes, uh, piles of stuff. So <laughs> no, I, I understand what you're saying. Cause I do tend to lean towards minimalism myself, but at the same time, it's, you know, especially I imagine being in, in product design that that stuff is fascinating, you know? And so to, to try and not have too much of it around while also being interested in it, you know, is <laughs> I can see the, the, yeah, it's a constant, constant struggle. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. So, all right. So we'll, we'll go into a little bit of phone stuff just to kind of uh, because I tend to talk a lot about that, and I think a lot of my audience is interested in that. So, uh, so what was your very first cell phone? And I, you sent me your list of devices too, which I really appreciate you doing that. And so, I'm looking it over, and the the other thing that I appreciate about your list is that I have zero crossover <laughs> with any of yeah. Oh, really? Of I didn't devices. notice that. Yeah. So I. All okay. the devices you've owned, I haven't owned, and and vice versa. So, uh, makes you know makes it kind of interesting. So yeah, getting started. What was your very first cell phone? Around what time did you get that too? Well, I would say uh, my first cell phone that I used was actually not mine. It was my roommate's when I went away to school, and it was a Motorola V one twenty C, which was sort of like a I remember people referring to it as like a peanut phone because it has a very distinctive sort of hourglass shape. And uh, I remember borrowing that phone daily uh, before I had my own. And uh, I remember the the first phone I ever had uh, that I purchased was a Nokia 1100 on Net10 uh, prepaid service. Which is a very small candy bar phone. I'd love to hold one now because I just remember it being this sort of solid, small, uh, fairly thin for the time. Pretty cool little phone. Yeah, very cool. Uh, have you seen the the that Nokia came out with their kind of retro redesigns of their? You know, I phone? have. I, I recently uh, held one at Best Buy. I was pretty impressed. Uh, 
if I'm honest, I'm not sure that I could jump back to something like that. That would take some real, I don't know, <laughs> dedication of some yeah, type, <laughs> but, uh, it's like you, it, all it takes is a few minutes of standing there realizing what you're not going to have. And then exactly uh, you know, you, your, your maps and, and just, I mean, I think there's, they have those things on there, but I've, it's painfully slow from what I've seen, uh, for certain features, but it's, it's just difficult to, you know, especially when you have paid services, uh, you know, like I have Pandora, there's, I can't use Pandora <laughs> on, on that sure. device, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, those, that, I do like the idea of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'd be great. You know, I, I think there's situations where that phone makes sense, you know, uh, probably sure. not, uh, not for, for me <laughs> or for, you know, if you've, you were kind of acclimated into this world where we have the, you know, our smartphones just, they're part of our life now, you know, as much as we don't want to admit that, you know, like we've become absolutely, sort of, you know, not, maybe not dependent, but we just in a way, you know, in a way. Oh, I would I would definitely say dependent. <laughs> There's no question about it. Or at least I, I know I am. I know. I Yeah, am. for sure. You know, it's, it's just hard to you know, go back, like you said. Uh, and so with that in mind, so we, we you know, we talk about these, well, I, ca I keep calling them dumb phones, but that's, you know, that's kind of where we, you know, they're these basic phone call phones, you know, that's all they were for. Uh, and, you know, eventually texting and stuff like that. But what was your first uh, smartphone? Uh, I, I was looking at your list a little bit, and I was kind of surprised at some of the stuff on there. And it's probably earlier than the, the first iPhone. So what was your first smartphone? quote-unquote smartphone so uh, let's see my first barely smartphone would be uh a motorola uh moto q and and the only reason i had that at the time is when i was in college i got a job at altel uh which was sort of a regional uh wireless carrier in southern illinois uh i got a job there selling uh selling service and selling cell phones okay. and at the time that was a uh, you know, it's a pretty cool little device. It had a BlackBerry style scroll wheel on the side. It was in incredibly thin. And uh, I, it, it actually shared some of the design language from what had been my previous phone, the Motorola Moto Phone F3, which I don't know if you remember, that was a pretty strange uh, candy bar phone with a with an early e-ink display right. which was yeah that one i did notice and i had <laughs> seen that so it's an e-ink display on that one is that what it... yeah it had incredible battery life it was very thin um it wasn't particularly um good <laughs> you know in, in any way other than sort of the the idea yeah, of it yeah. you know okay. so yeah that's cool uh the motorola moto q yeah definitely interesting very blackberry-esque i think this is before is this before really though the, the blackberries kind of took off this moto q uh because it looks very much you know like a, a blackberry kind of style yeah i think that uh I, I may have this all wrong but the uh blackberry sort of uh, was very popular in the business world with, I, I believe they called it the quirk, which was the uh, very rounded, looks like a bar of soap, okay. yeah. uh, sort of with a keyboard. Uh, but then right in this time, the BlackBerry 87, uh, 8700 series was very popular. and uh, But the Motorola phone, which was, I would say, uh, less capable than a BlackBerry, it uh, had the keyboard, it was very slim and 
you know, Motorola at the time had some very sort of cool, younger audience leaning advertising, you know, the, with the razor and with, with everything else. So it was, it definitely had a little bit of a cool factor. Yeah, for sure. It looks, <laughs> it looks interesting. Cause, uh, I mean, did you use a lot of the, was there a lot of connected features on there like email and, and, and things like that? Or did you use a lot yeah. of that stuff or was it mostly well, just kind of how you used your old, you know, the devices before that or. Well, I think a lot of it was my my sort of life at the time, which was going to school and working uh, at this cell phone store. I didn't really have the need to have email on the go or any of those sort of features, but it was sort of a part of the sales process. So obviously, uh, we wanted to move customers into uh, expensive smartphones with expensive data plans, and it was... A lot of it was sort of like, well, I've got one, you know, right. it'd be hard to try to sell that phone to somebody. And then you have a razor or whatever. <laughs> right. No, I get you. More basic yeah. phone. Did you, uh, did you like the phone? I mean, was it, you know, would, would you, <laughs> I have, I guess the question is, uh, was it enjoyable? Was it enjoyable to use at least? I mean, you know, uh, no, not really. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. I think I remember really sort of embracing um, a platform once I moved to the BlackBerry 8703. Okay. And I think at that time, I can remember distinctly just really appreciating the BlackBerry operating system, the scroll wheel on the side. And they had a sort of, you know, for the time, they had a, a very integrated uh, software and hardware offering. You know, it was uh, pretty well thought out. Of course, now if you were to pick one up, it would it would probably be pretty brutal. But the uh, the the BlackBerry eighty seven oh three, the BlackBerry Pearl, and then I remember being very excited getting the BlackBerry eighty eight thirty World Edition, yeah. <laughs> which was, <laughs> if I remember correctly, was like. One of the first CDMA smartphones that I guess it also had a GSM SIM card slot and that slot was unlocked for, uh, it was unlocked in every way. So, or, or I guess I should say it was unlocked outside of the U S in every way. So right. while I didn't travel internationally at all at the time, I was, I felt comfort in knowing that I could, right. you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yes, it was kind of like a little James Bond. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> so, you know, and, and you saying the, the marriage between software and hardware, that kind of thing. And then it looks like you had the Motorola razor too, but, uh, kind of sticking to that idea of marrying hardware and software, uh, it started kind of, it's kind of forming a picture in my head of, uh, of your, your first, iPhone is that would you say that that was kind of why you you headed towards Apple uh, when they when they came uh, out well, with that? I I think I remember when uh, a friend of my brother's purchased the first iPhone on Singular. If I remember correctly, it was there was no subsidy. You bought it for I don't remember five hundred and fifty yeah, or like six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember thinking like, that is just ridiculous. Um, but then uh, a few years later, I was no longer selling cell phones and the iPhone 3GS came out and uh, 
I finally kind of jumped on and I've been on that train ever since the three GS, the four S then the six and now the eight. And, um, I would say that while I use a, a Macintosh computer, uh, day to day, I, I don't think there's no reason that I couldn't, uh, be perfectly content using an Android phone, especially now. I mean, it seems like, you know, I'm, I'm constantly impressed with the innovations that I'm seeing in that space. Um, yeah. Uh, which, I'm, uh, what's your current, your current smartphone? So I, you, you've said you've been in the iPhone boat. So what do you currently, you have the iPhone eight, right? Is that right? I've yes. The iPhone eight, not the larger iPhone eight plus just the, uh, plain Jane iPhone eight in whatever they're calling the color black on this model. <laughs> I don't know exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. That makes sense. So the iPhone eight definitely seems like it's, uh, you know, just the, uh, the next iteration of the, the iPhone, you know, that's very incremental Certainly. upgrade. Uh, obviously they've added a few cool, you know, Qi charging and stuff like that. So uh, over the years, uh, it says that you, it looks like you've had the, the, you had the iPhone 3GS and then you went to the iPhone 4S. Now, were you just, uh, upgrading like on contract? Is that kind of how, how your upgrades went? Yeah. If, if I remember correctly, I was, I was locked into the two year cycle, um, and would upgrade, uh, when it made sense. Mm -hmm. And that, that continued until, I would, I guess my last phone, I was on Verizon and then T-Mobile offered a, I don't remember the exact, uh, of course, T-Mobile's had a, a rather long history now of promotional deals that aim to draw customers from the the two big wireless carriers in the U.S. And I, I bit on one of those offers. I don't remember the exact details. Okay. And it turned out T-Mobile didn't work for me. Um, I went back to Verizon and then now uh, Cricket, which is a AT&T owned MVNO that I believe was started here in Chicago. OK, uh, but I guess that wasn't really the question you <laughs> asked me. You asked me uh, about uh, I can't remember uh, the 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 different phones that I yeah, had. Uh, I guess which you've had the iPhone three, four. It looks like you didn't have any of the five versions, but you had the iPhone six. I did not. Uh, of all the iPhones that you've had, which one has been your favorite so far? It's got to be the three GS, right? I mean, that thing was a powerhouse. No, <laughs> no, that I, I really disliked the the shape of that phone. I think that a lot of people liked it because it sort of felt right in your hand. It kind of it kind of conformed to your hand a little bit. But uh, I would say my favorite would be the eight. Um, and I loved the six before that. I, the The design language from the six on, I've really enjoyed, and and the eight is just uh, incrementally better. Um, okay. Have you in yeah. every way? I would say, but of course, there's the big uh, the big uh, controversy about the lack of the headphone jack. Yeah. So how do you feel about the the you know Apple essentially <laughs> removing things one by one until there's nothing left on the device? Uh, the yeah, the headphone jack. Has that been an issue for you? Have you found at all since, since you've been with iPhone you know, for a while? Initially, it was. Uh, I ran into uh, many uh, speakers here and there that I couldn't plug into, um, and uh, you're used to using your head, uh, your headphones that came with the phone on your computer. That suddenly doesn't work anymore, and it became an issue. I think. 
lately i i think i've begun to sort of change my tune a little bit um now that i'm using bluetooth in the car and i'm sort of slowly adopting the wireless charging uh which is very interesting to me i've uh, i'm using sonos at home for for audio i'm sort of maybe coming around and seeing that uh it's uh I don't know, not, not as detrimental as I, as I initially thought. And and it makes me start to think one step further, especially with this wireless charging that, you know, maybe do you really need the, uh, the lightning connector? Right. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, that's that definitely, well, I guess you, I guess you, that they're going, you know, for sure. Sure. And I guess you do. I mean, you don't have, uh, uh, well, I guess you have wireless data transfer what am i thinking i was i was about to say there's no wireless data connectivity but uh, of course that's what phones are so right. yeah I, we're getting close i don't know has there been a phone released maybe in the in the android world that is completely devoid devoid of ports or is that yet to come no that's yet to come i think uh for the most part i mean the it seems like all the manufacturers kind of you know, follow each other. And so when there's sure. one thing that, that goes or gets added, you know, uh, and it seems, and, and honestly, if it's, you know, cost effective and at the end of the day, then the other manufacturers seem to, to follow it. I mean, other than, you know, the notch, which isn't exactly, you know, that's not necessarily a cost effective thing, but yeah, the, I think that yeah, not not really in the Android world. Uh, I think they're they follow. You know, they're if, if Apple gets, I I do think Apple will eventually get rid of that that Lightning port and and turn it. You know, essentially seal off the entire device. You know, and uh, sure, Qi charging and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, has been around for a little while, and that's it. Is interesting that they, you know, all of this wireless stuff that they're they're incorporating. So it 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 makes sense to to eventually <laughs> eventually have none of that as far as uh, the notch and stuff like that has have you had hands-on with an iphone 10 uh or, or seen seen that uh in, in its glory <laughs> yeah a little bit um a friend of mine has one um i think the notch is i think it's clearly a stopgap uh i i don't think anyone sort of set out to <laughs> incorporate this notch into the design and 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 i guess i sort of think about it sort of like uh hybrid cars it seems like the future is electric for automobiles um and without the you know you could argue that hybrid cars over the past few years have been incredibly successful becoming more and more successful um and saving a lot of uh, fuel in the process, but it's clearly a sort of stopgap measure before automobiles go electric. So it's um, it's just one of those things. Uh, I don't I I don't find it um, particularly uh, well done. It seems, especially when you sort of full screen video and you have that little cutout, it seems very strange to me. And there's maybe some OCD going on there where if a video image is not, you know, the rectangle that it's supposed to be, uh, something immediately in your brain, just, uh, sort of, yeah, think something's off, you know? Yeah. And I've, I've heard people who have kind of had an issue with it when they first, 
got the device because I mean, obviously, there's uh, a lot of Android, a lot of Android devices and manufacturers are copying it now. But uh, a lot of people say that they eventually just get used to it, <laughs> which I imagine, sure. yeah, that you probably, you know, you probably would at first. Definitely. It's definitely to me kind of an affront, <laughs> you know, it's like, they, cause Absolutely. I, yeah, because I guess, you know, there the argument is, is that it gives you extra screen real estate, you know, and so I honestly doesn't feel like that's true. <laughs> you know, that to me, that feels like, uh, you know, kind of a marketing thing, you know, the extra screen real estate and, and like it's essentially just trying to get one step closer to the completely, you know, the completely full panel display. And so, sure. I, yeah, like you said, it's, it is, it's just, uh, it's an obvious, you know, middle point between where they're trying to get. And it's just kind of, you know, an odd, <laughs> an odd thing that the notch is, you know, a thing these days, but eventually, you know, it will kind of fade into obscurity, you know, <laughs> everybody will remember the notch. But, uh, yeah, aside from that, uh, you, you have the, Qi charging on the iPhone 8. And so, uh, yes. And that brings with it uh, a lot of devices these days, a lot of devices, uh, some with Qi and some without Qi charging, are going the way of uh, the glass sandwich. So, essentially, glass on the front, glass on the back. Uh, do, do you have any thoughts on, uh, from, from a perspective of kind of industrial and product design about the glass, you know, using glass on the front and the back? Cause to me, initially it seemed like such a, like such a, a crazy thing to do. You know, I mean, people, I mean, the iPhone is essentially a bar of soap and has been designed as a bar of soap to be dropped, you know, for, for years sure. and, and, and they've gone from, you know, a nice metal back to, to a glass, you know, a glass back, I think starting at the iPhone, was it the four that initially had uh, a glass back on it, I think, and then they yeah, kind of the, got away from that. And now they're back into it with these eight to kind of incorporate the the Qi charging and stuff like that. But yeah, from your perspective, do you think the glass sandwich is, is a good thing? Uh, and from a consumer's pr perspective or a manufacturer perspective? Well, uh, obviously, I, I, uh, uh, I am not in a position to <laughs> sort of uh, criticize. You yeah, know, just your thoughts. Very you know, you, you, you <laughs> right. Criticize. Uh, I think uh, Tim <laughs> Cook's listening. Tim, Tim, listen up real quick. <laughs> but I would say, you know, just from like a consumer standpoint, I, I think I understand uh, the reasons behind it. Like uh, uh, technically glass is, uh, good in, in every way or, or, or possesses all the qualities that you would want in a, uh, material that easily passes radio signals is easy to clean, doesn't degrade over time. Of course, the one flaw is that glass is very, uh, fragile. It's very breakable. So I think that as these phones continue to get slimmer and slimmer, and more and more powerful and have more and more connectivity. And not only that, but the connectivity that the phones do have, we rely on more and more and more as we're talking about phones, you know, no longer even having a way to connect uh, uh, sort of uh, in an analog way. You get to the point where uh, 
John Syracuse, uh, uh, I'm a big fan of his. He he uh, is on a, another tech podcast, uh, the Accidental Tech Podcast. He talks about this naked robotic core, which is sort of uh, an idea where these devices have become not a complete device. It's basically the guts that you buy, and you then are almost um, forced to sort of wrap them in a protective case or a protective layer of some kind. And on the one hand, you could say that, you know, that's a a detriment to consumers. They need to buy this other thing. But I would argue that maybe the different functionality you can enable by uh, switching out a case, the different look, the different feel, it really allows you to make uh, your device into something that they could never make and sell on a large scale. You can buy uh, cell phone cases with lens adapters and sort of mounts for different things. And it it really allows you to sort of take this uh, basic uh, functionality and then kind of turn it into whatever you need. Maybe you need a rugged uh, device, maybe you don't. So I, I guess I would say I'm I'm sort of on board with that uh, with that logic. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It's a definitely a, a perspective that I haven't you know come across necessarily. And yeah, cases are are an industry in themselves. I mean, they you know, and ex- casing and accessorizing devices is you know huge. And so I I know that right now you are uh, looking at trying to because your phone has Qi charging. And uh, you're looking at trying to get your device kind of a, a setup in your car uh, to yeah. use uh, magnetics and the Qi charging and stuff like that and Bluetooth. What uh, if you could just kind of explain what you're <laughs> what you're trying to do uh, as far as with the iPhone 8 specifically? Uh, sure. Uh, kind of the products and the, the process that you're going through right now, because I know you have a, a Honda Fit right? Uh, you just love the Honda fit. (laughs) I recently just got the Honda fit. And so, uh, what, what your model is that again? It is a 2010, uh, Honda fit LX in uh, storm metallic. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. Silver, (laughs) silver storm metallic. Oh, silver storm. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. So you're trying to essentially create some sort of, uh, integrated mount with your car and, 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 for me, if I if I was doing this, uh, essentially you want like Qi charging in the car uh, with yeah. your iPhone and then Bluetooth connectivity. And, and for me, <laughs> uh, on a basic level, all I would do is just, you know, find some sort of Qi charger and plug it into the, the cigarette lighter, you know, and then and and go from there. But it, to, it sounds like you're really trying to uh, integrate this into the car and make it kind of like it was it's part of the car is that is that accurate if you could just kind of take us through a little bit what you're trying to achieve sure yeah that's that's basically what i'm trying to do uh just to kind of frame the situation the the, the last car i owned was from 1972 <laughs> and it sort of it never seemed appropriate to have any sort of mount or cables or anything it just didn't seem like a period correct uh, accessory for, for a classic car. So now that I have a, 
what I would call a very modern car. You know, it's eight years old, but to me, it seems like uh, brand new coming from what I had. Um, Now I've sort of embraced this uh, idea of, uh, and I would say it's, it's partially to do with having rented a few cars over the winter that had CarPlay enabled um, and sort of more modern in-car entertainment. But um, so now, uh, uh, my girlfriend and I are planning this trip to the Grand Canyon next month, and I'm suddenly obsessed with how do I get this phone uh, mounted in the car in an elegant way with no visible wires and, uh, uh, of course, with the Qi charging and the Bluetooth connectivity. And I've sort of gone down a hole, and uh, I'm not done yet. I, I've, I've purchased the... Uh, Two brand new products, which I'm pretty excited about, the Spec Presidio mount case, okay. which is, uh, from what I understand, the Spec Presidio is sort of a, you, I'm sure you're familiar with this case. It's sort of been one of their flagship cases for a long time. Are you familiar with that case at all? Honestly, uh, I, I I think I've only purchased one Spec case in, okay. <laughs> and that was probably about eight years ago, so I'm not sure okay. exactly. Uh, yeah, if that's well, one, of their top, one of their uh, popular uh, line of cases it seems to be yeah and this one the new one is uh it's sort of a collaboration with a, a brand which i i believe is pronounced skosh which they make a, a number of different uh wireless phone accessories and wireless phone mounts but anyway this spec presidio mount case has uh two steel plates sort of embedded between the layers of this um case and those are uh aligned in such a way that they will stick to a skosh magic mount pro charge which is a mouthful but that that mount just came out okay it's uh key uh i'm sorry is it it's it's uh say the name of the uh <laughs> the could you remind me of the name chi i'm so sorry <laughs> it's okay <laughs> this is a uh a sort of chi charging enabled magnetic mount uh okay. which is designed to work with this spec presidio mount case and uh, there's a magnet above and below the chi charging uh, element so to sort of get the wires hidden behind the dash in such a way um, i have purchased this uh, lumison ada circuit uh, which is basically it allows you to piggyback off of uh, one of the existing fuses in the fuse panel below the steering wheel. Okay. Um, and uh, a 12 volt socket adapter to go uh, behind the dash to plug the uh, Skosh Magic Mount Pro charges transformer into. Okay. And uh, so yeah, it, it takes a lot of wires to to go wireless. That's what I <laughs> I found out. Yeah. But the next the... step. It... Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Then the next step is to, and this is where the commitment comes in, is to modify some part of the dashboard to actually um, accept the mount and to run the cabling through. So I've been on the Honda, the Honda parts diagrams, uh, you know, figuring out which part of this dash could I could easily be removed and replaced if I wanted to sell the car, and I have not yet pulled the trigger on, uh, <laughs> modifying the car. Um, but okay. 
there's a, a a site that I came across which may be of interest to your well to you and your listeners, okay. which is a company called Archon Mounts. Okay. Uh, have you have you been on their site at all? No, I haven't. I'm, I haven't heard of them. So we'll definitely okay. put a link in the show notes uh, to all the stuff that he's talking about right now. So yeah, who, what is uh, the Archon Mounts? What's what's that about? So Archon Mounts uh, is a company. They sell. It's Archon.com. They sell. Every variety of sort of mobile mounting solution you can think of. They have uh, adapters to go from a standardized, uh, what they call a G-ball, which is Garmin's, I think, 17 millimeter articulating ball mount to T-slots and to uh, uh, what they call an amps plate, which is a a standardized four screw mounting plate and different articulating arms and holders and cup holders. And it's just a a weird, wild world of mounting. You can mount anything (laughs) to anything. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. And I have yet to order anything. Yeah. I'm looking at the site now. It's pretty interesting. Uh, It looks like pretty much any sort of situation you might have where you want to mount an electronic device, they have a solution for it, it looks like. So yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. How does the Bluetooth uh, play into that? Is that is have you looked into any way to automate the bluetooth at all or is it the 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 car come with bluetooth already in this in the stereo so uh no the car does not have bluetooth connectivity from the factory i purchased a uh an item made by crux audio it is a sort of a vehicle specific bluetooth adapter that plugs into a auxiliary port on the back of the uh, factory stereo. So it's this little box you plug in with this big, uh, auxiliary connector into the back of the head unit. And then now you get in the car, you turn the car on, it automatically connects to the phone, Okay. but it doesn't automatically play, Okay. which is, uh, another thing I'm sort of working on. Uh, I'm not quite there yet with any of it. Of course, the other the other option, which someone might suggest, would be there are a number of Android Auto and CarPlay supporting aftermarket head units available. And okay. uh, that in that case, you would replace the entire stereo of the car, which is an interesting option. But if you want to charge your phone while you drive, you're still plugging in okay. uh, to connect to the Android Auto oh, or, or CarPlay. Yeah, yeah system um okay so i don't know I, I i'm i'm sort of slowly working through all the options and and figuring out uh what i need to do here yeah that sounds interesting i was really <laughs> curious when you start uh, i remember talking to you about it and i was curious how all that was going to play out and and modifying the dashboard that's really interesting uh you know to kind of make it part more part of the car you know as far as like presenting like <laughs> again i go back to how i would do it just you know slap some velcro on there or something you know and and, sure. and connect it you know that kind of thing but uh, i like the idea behind uh kind of making it part of the car you know making it a natural sure. part of the car like it was you know designed that way so yeah, best of luck with all that. That's cool. I, I, I remember uh, 
years ago, a few years ago, not that many, but I had a Toyota Corolla and I actually, there was no auxiliary input at all <laughs> in the car. So, okay. uh, and you know, everything was, it, it was fine. You know, I had a CD player, but uh, I kind of wanted to, you know, I think I had a, a Zune at the time, <laughs> a Microsoft sure. Zune. And so, uh, I wanted to plug that in, you know, to the stereo, but I couldn't. So I, I think I got something similar that plugged into the back of the stereo, uh, and it was okay. uh, just a 3.5 millimeter head jack that headphone jack that came out. You know, I had to wi- wire it through <laughs> the uh, the dashboard, you know, and so essentially it just sure. wire sticking out from the back of the stereo uh, kind of through the dashboard and and plugging it in. So I can I can relate to the, you know, having to pull out the stereo to, to plug something in, you know, and kind of working under the dashboard and stuff like that. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I really hope that that works out. And I'm curious to kind of hear in the future if it if it actually, uh, you know, you can get what you want to happen. You know, you should all things considered, you're using an eye, you know, you're you're going with the iPhone, uh, which generally there's more solutions for, you know, there's more uh, yeah. uh, options out there for, you know, iPhones and, and people are coming up with stuff uh, more so than you know, maybe in the Android world. Uh, but yeah, it should be interesting to, to, to try and keep that. I hope, I hope you don't fizzle out at any point. I hope that I feel, I feel like you can do it, you know, like I feel like it's, it's definitely possible. Uh, I, I hope it is So, Well, knowing me, I'll get a hole in the dash and then I'll sort of lose interest. So we'll see. Uh, we'll Just see. Slap how some duct tape over it and yeah, <laughs> right. forget about it until you sell the car. So um let's see all right so there's questions that i generally ask or that generally the last the only two other guests i've had on i asked these questions uh just kind of a general you know tech questions for my guests that come on so uh the first one is what is some of your favorite tech that you own these days uh it could be anything you know any any kind of tech okay yeah, so you know, I've got I've got kind of an oddball for right. you. Uh, it's barely considered technology at this point in time, but uh, I recently purchased a Rolleiflex Automat MX, which is a TLR uh, medium format film camera from the late 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> and it wow. is yeah, I was not expecting that. It is. It is uh, one of the most satisfying things I've ever purchased. It is sort of uh, at the peak of technology for its time. Okay. It uh, it automatically registers the the film counter on the the medium format film. It takes beautiful crisp images. It is uh, extremely well made, and it is. Uh, giving me more enjoyment right now than any sort of uh, piece of electronics I own, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, that's cool. um, having fun with that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with that said, too, uh, kind of the yeah, because that definitely qualifies as tech for sure. Uh, and actually, <laughs> OK, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, congratulations. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. thank you. Uh, you actually mentioned the notes. Uh, a YouTube channel that kind of tr- this triggered the fact that I wanted to mention this earlier, but you actually brought up Absolutely. this uh, this channel because last week I kind of talked about my favorite phone uh, YouTubers, uh, phone reviewers on YouTube, and so 
what is this channel that uh, you're suggesting here? I hadn't come across it. I checked it out a little bit today. It seems really cool. Uh, and I definitely wanted uh, my listeners to kind of uh, hear a little bit about it. So, uh, yeah, what just describe what the channel is a little bit. Sure. The, uh, this is a channel that I've, I've recommended to a lot of different people. It's very interesting in that it bridges sort of a uh, discussion about current cutting edge technology with some of the uh, long lost technology of the past. The uh, YouTube channel is called Techmoan. Uh, it's quite popular. Uh, it's, it's, um, it looks like uh, yeah. likely that some of your listeners. Yeah, it looks like it's based in. He's based uh, are, in the UK. Followers. Yeah, uh, from what I could yep. tell. Yep, he makes uh, incredible videos. Uh, there's one series he does called Forgotten Formats, which uh, he sort of uh, he must purchase all of this old equipment, but he he does a great job of explaining these now defunct music formats and video formats and different. Um, different, uh, mediums that we no longer, uh, use today. Uh, some not so old. He, t- I recently watched a video about micro SD okay. or, or sort of, uh, music albums on micro SD. Do you remember that at all? Yeah. Very, very briefly. Yep. <laughs> that never quite caught on, but he's got a great sort of, you know, 10 minutes on, I don't remember what the name of that format was, but, uh, like I said, very interesting and sort of uh, a great historical look at the at the recent past, you know. OK, yeah, very cool. I appreciate you uh, sharing that. I'll put that in the show notes, too. So anybody can link uh, the link. will jump right to that. So you can check it out. So, yeah, the <laughs> definitely not the answer I was looking uh, was expecting for your sure. favorite tech that you own these days. But that's really cool. Uh, and so let's. uh yeah, the next thing that I want to ask is, what do you use as your main computing device? So I ask this because uh, a lot of people these days can get away with using their smartphone as their only <laughs> computer uh, and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, what do you use uh, as your main computing device? I know you use your smartphone a lot, but is there anything else? Yeah, I, I'm no different. I use my phone for for nearly everything. I have a. Uh, as far as computers go, I have a mid 2013 MacBook Air 13 inch, which okay. is it's getting pretty old, but it's sort of it does everything I need to do. Um, and last night, the Mac OS Mojave public beta uh, was released and it took everything. Uh, it took all the self-control I have not to install that last night thinking like, oh, well, maybe I won't be able to sort of report the record the podcast with a beta operating system you're just asking for a problem so as soon as we're done here i'm gonna be uh, exactly (laughs) and i watched the keynote a couple days ago and uh i'm ashamed to say the the thing i'm most excited for is the new dark mode which um Windows users have, I believe, have had the uh, ability to do for many, many years. But this will be interesting to check out. Yeah, for sure. I've never actually I've I've used, you know, very briefly used uh, a a Mac computer in the past, but I haven't (laughs) in the, you know, any of the recent computers. So uh, any of the recent Macs. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. As like you said, as long as it gets everything done that you need, you know, uh, I, I don't see a reason to kind of 
put are you are you worried to about installing a uh, new operating systems on it because i know like uh, it can be you know a, a gamble whether or not the computer or the device is gonna you know the older de- hardware is going to be able to to handle all the the software so Sure. I no, not really. I'm sort of. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm. I'm pretty brave in that. In that respect, <laughs> okay. um, if I'm backed up, I'm happy to, to try anything out. I mean, you have some sort of level of security. Uh, this is not like a super early build. This is. You know, they're releasing it to the general public. So, okay. I'm. I'm. I'm game. Yeah, sure. Uh, what kind of specs are do you have on the uh, on that MacBook Air as far as like oh, RAM man. and processor? I'm gonna <laughs> have to know, look. That's okay. here. Yeah, that's no, okay. no. I, I, I've got it right here. This is uh, four gigabytes. Okay. Of RAM DDR3. Okay. Um, this has a 128 gigabyte SSD drive. Oh, okay, very and, good. And uh, Intel Core i5 at 1.3 gigahertz. Yeah, that's de- does it, that's pretty decent. Uh, yeah, that sounds like it, it it could run pretty smoothly still. So I, yeah. yeah, install it, install it right now while we're on air, <laughs> and let me know how it goes. Okay, uh, Will let's do. See. Yeah, <laughs> if we can, if we disconnect here at any point, uh, that's we'll yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, all right. That'll so, the next question, yeah. <laughs> any okay. So, are is there any other tech that's uh, on your wish list right now? So, stuff that you don't have, but you have your eye on that you kind of are looking forward to maybe getting soon or soonish. You know, I've been on the hunt recently, um, and I'm not sure there's a solution to my problem out there right now. But I'm interested in, and I think I'm, I'm sort of, uh, the oddball when it comes to this sort of thing, but I've always been interested in, uh, a stereo, uh, a stereo system, uh, mm-hmm. which doesn't make me that odd, but when it comes <laughs> to home theater, I'm sort of, I'm not interested in 5.1 or surround sound or any of those technologies. I would like my a hi-fi stereo system to coexist peacefully with however I'm currently consuming content on the TV. So one, one, one device or piece of technology that I am seeking out currently would be a stereo amplifier, not a multi-channel home theater amplifier, but just a plain old stereo amplifier with uh, HDMI inputs. So if you're setting up your, uh, TV and speakers and and things like that, you, uh, you need to embrace HDMI. As you know, there's no other, there's no other way to do it. And I'm, I'm currently using a, uh, Sonos connect amp, which is, uh, really great. It's a two channel amp. It works with Sonos two uh, vintage Dynaco speakers, and it works. I mean, it, it works flawlessly. Uh, you pull up your phone, you're anywhere in the house, you, you start the Sono system and it plays and it sounds great. Okay. But as soon as you turn on the TV, that's where Sonos sort of falls apart. Um, it, it, you're no longer controlling the content and the volume through the app. Now you're You've got the TV going and you need this remote to select the TV 
uh, stuff. And then you've got, you got to have your phone to control the volume of the audio playback on the Sonos amp. And it's just a, it's not ideal. So what I'd love to do is uh, uh, get a amplifier that uses uh, the HDMI, uses the CEC uh, control through the HDMI cable so that you're only using one volume remote. And I'm sort of, I'm sort of stuck um, trying okay. to find a solution to merge my audio and video setup, if that makes any sense. Is there, so you said that you can't really find a solution right now for well, that. So, Correct. There is one, there's a new product. Um, I got to admit, I've never said this brand name out loud. I believe it is, uh, maybe you know, I'm going to say it in my head first. It is <laughs> Onkyos. Onkyos? Uh, Are you familiar with that brand? It's an it's an audio. They make receivers and yeah, I believe I've heard the name before or seen it. Okay, <laughs> like you, I think I've just seen it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. O n k y o s, and uh, they've been around for a long time. And they recently came out with a a stereo receiver, not a multi channel receiver, but a stereo receiver with HDMI switching. Um, so that's okay. something I'm I'm going to look into. It's it's pretty expensive, and I'm. I'm sort of hoping that um, maybe there are some competitors uh, that come out soon, but I, I got to say the, the low end stereo amplifier world is sort of a dead end space because anyone who's wants better sound for their TV is buying a sound bar now or some solution like right. that. So it's sort of a, it's kind of a weird niche that I found myself digging around in and trying okay. to find something. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that I hope that uh, well, either kind of a price, weird problem. Yeah. <laughs> I have no advice for you. Uh, let me see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Do you use a soundbar at home or no? No. We. I. That's the thing. Is like as much as I'm into tech, I still at the end of the at the end of the day, I'm kind of basic. I'm super sure, sure. not. You know, like I'm. I'm not. I generally don't strive for anything as far as uh you know the you know the quality of my my tv or my sound systems you know or anything okay. like that uh usually <laughs> i we don't have any speakers hooked up to any of our tvs so it's coming right out you know of the of the tv itself whatever the tv provides you know i you know i've thought about plugging you know getting you know plugging in some some speakers or something to the tv before but you know, at the end of the day, I just, it's, you know, I, it's not to me, I just, I don't, I don't worry too much about it, you know, I guess sure. not that I don't think that it's interesting because it definitely is, especially like a Sono system, like you're talking about and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not super, you know, I guess I wouldn't say, I would say I'm not super into that. Our TVs aren't really, you know, super fantastic TVs, you know, like I know, I know a lot of people who are, you know, striving for the neck, you know, that want the, you know, 4k TV and stuff like that. And both of our right. TVs are, you know, under 32 inches and, 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 you know, 720p screens, you know, so I'm not super picky, I guess, when it comes to that stuff. There's other things, obviously, that I'm very picky about phones and stuff like that. But uh, that area, definitely not. But yeah, definitely. I, ho I hope there's a solution out there. Like you said, you're in a niche and it's kind of difficult yeah. to, you know, find something that that's out of the box, I imagine, to to kind of 
get that done. So uh, I would say uh, there is something to be said about keeping it simple. You've got a TV and a TV remote and you're done with it. You know, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's, uh, there's a lot of value there. So yeah, for sure. So uh, let's see. So the last question I had is uh, what are some of your favorite online services currently for like music or video or any other kind of subscriptions that you have? Uh, do you, do you subscribe to anything? You know, I think currently my only, uh, sort of tech related subscription would be Spotify. Okay. Um, it, it, uh, works well. I like their, uh, their weekly, um, sort of playlist suggestions, um, Okay. I should kind of try out the other ones to to see what's out there. Do you have a uh you're a you're a downloader or you're a streamer when it comes to when it comes uh, to music? For me, I use uh Pandora because I oh, I found right. I, do that. I have a bunch of downloaded music from over the years about like like 12 gigabytes of downloaded music I think that I've you know collected before you know, streaming was really, you know, an sure. option. So, you know, stuff that I was I've listened to years ago that I still listen to and but yeah, I use uh, just Pandora because I find usually when I'm listening to music, I kind of just want a random, randomized playlist of stuff, you know. So uh, I don't. Uh, I know Pandora actually has kind of a Spotify option where you can, uh, where that you can have access to the entire library and listen, you know, download and listen to whatever you want, whenever you want, kind okay. of a thing. Same idea. But I'm on like the mid tier where it's just you know. Uh, commercial free and uh they do have an offline mode in the in the in the plan that i have so i can offline off uh download i think it's like your top four stations or something like that and uh, you can listen to them offline but yeah spotify is really great Uh, my wife is on spotify and so she she loves it you know because it's uh it because it's essentially your entire you know it's kind of the antithesis of of music library, you know, of a music library. Cause you essentially have access to everything, you know, without having to store all of it <laughs> or collect it, you know, over time. Absolutely. So, uh, I know that that's probably the biggest thing about it and definitely worth, you know, the money every month for that. Um, they also, they have an interesting collaboration with Waze, uh, the, uh, the popular traffic. GPS traffic app. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. You can kind of skip tracks while you're in the map on Waze. So that's huh. one reason I, <laughs> I continue to use Spotify quite a bit in the car. So. Yeah, I know because they're, they're, it's a pretty popular app. So I know there's a lot of integrations with, with hardware and software uh, for Spotify. So uh, it's, it's interesting to, to see how they do that. They also have a, a pretty well done uh, connection with Sonos. So you can control the Sonos system from within the Spotify app, which is if you're always in Spotify anyway, it's right. kind of handy to, to just control it there. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, do you, uh, I think you, do you have Netflix too? Is that, you uh, know, my, my girlfriend has Netflix and what else? Maybe HBO and, okay. A few other ones, um, which I, I'm not a big sort of TV watcher. Um, okay. so I sort of, I've avoided, uh, most of those subscriptions, uh, for the time being. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I watch, I watch enough of it that I, I probably should be paying for it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we have Netflix and stuff, but we don't watch as much as, you know, 
we don't really we, we're not big TV watchers either. Honestly, I think we spend more time on YouTube, <laughs> you know, than anywhere sure. else. I love YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it's it's you know, it's got everything. <laughs> it's got everything you can want, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, de- uh, Netflix. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, we've 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 talked about in the past kind of maybe just, you know, getting rid of it. But, you know, then it's like, you know, they there's that there's always that one moment where we're we turn it on and we're glad we have it you know we're, even though it's going up a dollar sure. all the time you know a dollar a month every you know few months it seems but what is it now like 10.99 or so i think we're paying 11.99 now Uh-oh. so every once in a while they raise it a dollar but i mean you know it's i don't know <laughs> i we just haven't been using it as much as you know for that 11.9 i feel like we haven't been getting our money's worth lately but um, sure. Yeah. It's still a good service. You know, they're doing a lot of interesting things, kind of changing the the dynamic and in, in the, you know, the produced content world. So absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, they've got a ton of original content and which uh, which I've almost watched uh, almost none of it. So <laughs> which is part of why I'm like, I don't know why I'm paying for it. But um, yeah, so it's it's interesting. They're definitely. They're definitely sort of stirring things up, which is nice to see. It's it's uh, incredible to see how they've grown in the last, well, I don't know how many, five, six, ten years. Yeah, uh, we originally started with them when they were still sending out DVDs, you know. So, okay, you know, we I'm just realizing now we've been on it for you know a long time, and yeah, it's definitely interesting because it's you know we're talking of Spotify and Netflix, they're kind of you know respectively their own you know, it's, it's like your own access, access to your own library without having to to own, you know, or store any of it, like I mentioned before, but yeah. So interesting, interesting. Uh, have you looked at any, getting any other services? I know audible is just, I can't turn a corner without hearing something about audible, you know, uh, listening to podcasts. It seems like they're doubling down or tripling down on their advertising everywhere. So, uh, have you ever looked at audible? to or do you listen you know, to it's, it's it's funny you bring that up i i've never had an audible subscription uh but it's been on my mind recently uh previously i mentioned this road trip we're looking at um i want to say uh i think we're looking at like uh i may have this doubled in my head but i think <laughs> we're looking at 30 or 32 hours in the car coming up next month. And that's uh, within there a and couple back of, or couple just going there. That's kind of a loop okay. uh, sort of to the Grand Canyon and back sort of taking different ways there and back. But uh, my girlfriend actually just brought up, uh, you know, doing some audio books and I was going to look into whether or not we could rent some uh, audio book CDs from the library or, right. or maybe it'd be worth it to start an audible subscription. But that's a lot of time to, to waste. Yeah, well, so I think we're going to need something. Yeah, I think with Audible, you own, I don't know if that would work or not, uh, because from what I've gathered in the past, they only let you have like a book a month or something like that. Or, oh, yeah. So I, I would definitely look okay. at the plans. Uh, you know, obviously, you're not just going to buy it without looking into the plans. But yeah, look at the plans. Sure. And uh, because I think there might be uh, some restrictions on how many, you know, books you can get. So if you do it, you know, I would, 
that's really long. <laughs> so I would hate to uh, get on the road and have picked the wrong book. That would yeah. be uh, terrible. Yeah, <laughs> halfway there and you're done. So uh, sure. Here's what I'll do is I'll try and record about 15 more podcasts before you go, and that way you can just load up. Oh, sure. Mix swim podcast and. And, you know, start when you leave. And when, by the time you get back, uh, you can just drive right to my house and shoot me in, in the stomach. So <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a plan. Yeah, that's good. We'll schedule our trip around that. OK, that sounds good. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. So. All right. So that, uh, that was a, a great conversation uh, with Noah here. So we're just going to wrap things up. I think we've we've gone over quite a bit. So I think, you know what, Noah, uh, if you don't mind, it, uh, maybe in the future coming back on, that would be awesome if you're available, if, if you're willing after after going through all this. So absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to come back anytime. Yeah. So thanks for coming on this time. I appreciate the conversation. Uh, is there anywhere online that people can find you or if, if anybody want to get in contact uh, with you? Sure. I, I have uh, kind of stayed off all of the social networks, but uh, I do run a uh, infrequently updated website at noahlambert.com. And uh, I plan to sort of uh, get back to actively developing new products uh, and they will be available there so all right awesome and we'll put a link to that in the show notes so yeah thanks again for coming on and thanks uh, everybody else for tuning in uh, visit pixelswim.com for all the show notes and social links and everything we talked about today i'll try to link as much as i can and uh yeah thanks for tuning in and have a great night or afternoon or early morning or whatever time it is when you're listening to this so thanks again and godspeed <laughs> <laughs>